This is your host, Ashley, the Warrior Witch. Joining uh, me today is... And I am uh, Tanner Kenny, the Fraudulent Wizard. And? I am Gavin Simone, also a witch. There we go. That works, too. <laughs> so, this can only mean... <laughs> This can only mean one thing. There's something new bubbling in the cauldron. And today we're talking about relationships. But not the good kind. Not at all. We're going to be talking about toxic relationships that we see in media, represented in TV shows, movies, books, and whether or not they're glamorized, if they're accurately portrayed. Is it good that they're there? Is it bad that they're there? We're going to be discussing all that goodness or badness, I guess, in this case. Um, so what are your guys' first thoughts on how the media throws out these somewhat toxic relationships that we see? Yeah, uh, well, toxic relationships, they, I mean, they happen. They, they're in real life. Mm. So if media is supposed to be a reflection of real life, then toxic relationships should exist in media. But there is a problem with the, like, the oversaturation mm -hmm. of toxic relationships, especially in uh, fan communities where those toxic relationships are often considered like the the canon relationships yes, or the like, best. Yes, they belong yes. together. They're perfect together. <laughs> the abuse is great, and that can create some sort of like mental that I, that could probably create some issues, especially with younger people who are mm -hmm. very impressionable. They see these relationships, and they can be like. That's how it's supposed to be. So when they themselves end up in a toxic relationship, they're like, couple goals. They're, they're like, aha, yes, he only beat me once yesterday. Uh, and you're like, oh. 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 Why? But. <laughs> All right. What about you, Catherine? Well, pretty much everything Tanner said applies here. Like, I think toxic relationships, like, if toxic relationships were to be portrayed in media, it should be, like, very clearly, like, in a negative light saying, hey, this is a bad thing. This this isn't hashtag relationship goals. Just don't portray it that way. Yes. So, a few things brought this to my attention um, lately in media. Um, so, we have come up with a little short list where we'll be discussing some couples first and then discussing the effects whether or not they're good couples bad couples um so the first one is one that i think a lot this came up to me because i realized that this halloween we'll probably be seeing a lot of couples dressed up as this couple um and you know you see the hashtag couple goals and you're like wait a second this is actually a really bad relationship that you're not supposed to want and that is the comic book character slash movie character slash video they're in everything um harley quinn and joker yes the joker baby oh, joker baby no no we're not doing that <laughs> um so harley quinn and joker have had a very interesting we'll label it as that relationship um that a lot of people have kind of glamorized into being this really good relationship like Oh, she loves him so much. She's dedicated to him. And I, I don't know if they don't see the Joker or doesn't feel the same way, but whatever. Um, so what are your guys' thoughts on Harley Quinn and the Joker? Well, like, from what I – from, like, the few, like, Batman-related pieces of media I've seen, there are, like, quite a few pieces that aren't – that, like, clearly show it as a toxic relationship. Like, oh, this, this isn't healthy because, like, they – because I – like, this, it's been a long time since I've watched the animated series. 
like I think it was sort of like Joker was kind of like I don't know how to put it like grooming her I guess to like follow this kind of like talk talk like fall into this kind of toxicity. Yeah. The, the Joker is very distant in the relationship. He's very much like apathetic yes. towards Harley's affection and that just like drives Harley further towards him. Uh, and of course it doesn't help that Harley Quinn herself is very much sexualized yes. in most if not all instances of the character. Yeah. So Yeah, cuz yeah. even he like even though she was in like a full like like Joker outfit like gesture outfit back in the animated series there were still some moments and some jokes that uh were not appropriate for children yeah, uh rev up your harley yes the classic Ooh. line um yeah uh. <laughs> and so people dress up as them like those are their couple costumes that they like are like yes uh, and at one point people were demanding a harley quinn and joker movie yeah especially after suicide squad yes. uh. it picked up again because i know uh, one of the girls back home was super obsessed with Harley Quinn, mm. and I was like, uh, 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 uh yikes. But and do you think DC does a good job of trying to, like, show that this is not what you want, or could they do more to? There yeah. are episodes of the animated series that I think do a better job mm-hmm. of portraying the relationship as not ideal. It's toxic, especially... It, when Batman sympathizes with Harley because she's as much of a victim of the situation yeah. as anyone else. So when they, when they do episodes that humanizes Harley and shows that she's damaged and that's mm-hmm. why she can't get out of the relationship, I think those provide a better depiction of a toxic mm-hmm. relationship. But in episodes, you know, with stuff like Rev Up Your Harley... Uh, that just depicts him as like, you know, this is a cute little relationship. Yeah. Sure, the Joker is manipulative and, and abusive. And how to kill Batman in that exact moment. He's saying that, but okay. Yeah, yeah and that's, there are a lot of problems. <laughs> there, there are some decent depictions, but for the most part, I think DC struggles with it. Which makes me curious to see how the emancipation of Harley Quinn, yes. Birds of Prey and the emancipation of Harley Quinn, is going to turn out. Because that's going to be like, essentially a Harley Quinn solo movie? Aside from the Birds of Prey. Basically, but if you look at the trailer, it's just Harley Quinn. Like, yeah. The yeah. Birds of Prey are in there for like five seconds. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I'm curious to see how that movie will do, yeah. like the fallout after the relationship, especially because I have a feeling Jared Leto's not coming back. <laughs> uh, oh, Jared Leto. He's super not coming back. No, though. he's done. Yeah. Um, and that was one thing Margot Robbie really, like after Suicide Squad came out, she was actually one of the people who was very much confused as to why people were so, like, all about Joker and Harley Quinn's relationship. She was very much like, um, this isn't healthy. Like, this isn't what girls should want. Um, something that gets brought up quite often is the change to Harley Quinn, uh, her origin story. In the original origin story, she chose to be Harley Quinn. But if you look at Suicide Squad and more of the updated rendition, Joker literally doesn't really give her a choice. Kind of just pushes her into a vat of acid or acid? No, it's not acid. Chemicals. And yeah. that's how she becomes Harley Quinn. And people are like, that right there is like physical abuse in itself. He doesn't give her that choice anymore. Thoughts on changing the origin story to almost make it more... Well, 
they make it more abusive, but that doesn't change like the history of the yeah. relationship and how people will see it regardless. Yeah. So if anything, uh, if they continue to do the relationship straight up, yeah, then it just further enables even more like dangerous versions of a toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. At least in my opinion. I mean, and even back in some of the comics and stuff, he get like yeah, he does these like sweet little sweet. Uh, I had air quotes around that. Um, you guys can't see my hands, obviously. Um, flowers, but they'd have dynamite or like a bomb in them or a gun, and they're like. Do you not like gun flowers? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> um, do you think it would have been different? If maybe, because Har Harley Quinn didn't come around until the animated cartoon. If maybe, because like there was that sector of the Joker that was like more of a clown, more of a jokester. <laughs> Do you think their relationship would have been different if she had been introduced back then? Or if it would always have been turned into this kind of toxic, glamorized version? That's kind of a hard thing to answer because like, there's, like, first of all, I'm not, not like, really familiar with Batman, with a lot of Batman uh -huh. stuff, so it's kind of hard to tell, like, how would have they written, how, like, yeah. how other artists would have interpreted Harley Quinn, because there's just so many people who work behind the Batman series mm -hmm. that it's, like, there's gonna be, like, a bunch of different interpretations of the character, and, like, none of them are going to be, like, 100% exactly the same. Okay. Do you have any thoughts? Uh... Sorry, could you repeat the question? Um, I want I want to double check when Harley Quinn first appeared, and it looks like for the most part it's the animated series. Yeah, okay. she, she was a made up character that was only supposed to appear in one episode, oh. but then people loved her, and so they kept bringing her back. Oh, good. So yeah, so back in like uh, when Caesar was, is that how you say his name? I think so. The old live action. Oh, Rom uh, Romero Caesar. Yes. Um, like if that Caesar Romero, I think it's just yeah Caesar Romero. <laughs> so that kind of fun like flower Joker, like fl water squirting out of him. If she had been introduced back then versus you know when the Joker was more maniacal and kind of not a good person, not that he was ever a good person. Um, would she have been? Would it would would the relationship have been different? Yeah, I mean clearly it would have been different because this is sixties Batman. So a sixties version of Harley Quinn would be. A very different character. That's I'd say true. sort of like maybe even like a... Eh, they'd probably do more of like a nuclear family sort of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd see... I, alternatively, like a sexual revolution Harley Quinn yeah. for the 60s. Uh, which fits more how we see the character now. Yeah. But no, I think... Obviously there'd be some differences, but it would be probably a more positive relationship because... You know, for the most part, from what I remember, a lot of, like, especially television, didn't really tackle, the, like, toxic relationships Not really. in, in the way we see them yeah. now, even though you could see a lot of certain relationships <laughs> as toxic yeah. in hindsight. Uh, in terms of the time, I would say that it probably wouldn't have been, it would have been less. It would have okay. been, you know, a little goofier, Joker being more supportive of Harley uh, defending Harley yeah. more than, you know, throwing her into acid and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so next, on to our <laughs> next couple. Um, so this was one who's gotten a lot of backlash in media. Um, so there, 
I'm a writer on Wattpad. I don't remember when this book originally came out on there. Um, oh, good, Wattpad. <laughs> it was a book called After. It started out as a Harry Styles fan fiction. <laughs> but then she changed it to make it an original piece of work called After. It's now, I think, a five-book series. It just got a movie on Netflix. Oh, yeah, no, there's a sequel to the movie coming out. There's five books? Yeah, I believe Of Harry so. Styles <laughs> fan fiction? Okay, it's not. She's changed it from a fan fiction before she finished the series. Okay. Uh, but it started off as a Harry Styles, like, the bad boy from England meets girl from... Is Harry, has Harry Styles ever been a bad boy? No, but that's how everyone betrayed We need him. to ask yes. Bailey. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to Bailey. We're talking about your boy. Yeah, and so it's funny because... So, anyway, her book became super popular on Wattpad, got published in real life, like, re- really published. Um, and then it got a Netflix movie called After, um, and there will be a sequel out. And it stars, or it's about Tessa, who um, is a college student. She has a boyfriend. She kind of lived a life structured by her family. Um, she goes to college and meets Harden Scott, who is this British boy. <laughs> I'm sorry, Harden Scott? <laughs> Yes. Harden. His name is Harden. Harden? It's H A R D I N. Harden. Harden. Yes. Harden. Okay, keep going. He's a British boy. He has tattoos that are similar to Harry Styles, but in different places on his body because they're not. So, no copyright. <laughs> <laughs> this is my no OC, sue. Barry Styles. <laughs> Do not steal. So, he. And so he's this bad boy, and he's misunderstood, and he's. As one of his friends describes him, literally, he's complicated. <laughs> ah, yes. That's how, <laughs> I, that, that's how I describe my terrible so of, friends. So, yeah. of course, she's drawn to this guy. She has a boyfriend who's still in high school. He's a senior. Um, <laughs> she's away from school. They play a game of truth or dare at a party. She, of course, has the roommate that's, like, the alternative roommate that, like, meets her with all these people. Um, truth or dare, like... She's dared to kiss Harden Hart, and she's like, nah, and she walks away. Then later on you find, like, then he keeps, like, almost following her around. He keeps appearing everywhere she's at. They're in the same class. They have an argument over whether or not pride and prejudice, if love exists. Wow, that's a ter- that's a worst argument. Ooh. Good, keep going. <laughs> um, And then <laughs> they... Um, they start to get closer, of course. She cheats on her boyfriend. Her boyfriend finds out. They break up. Um, her and Harden go to get together. He's, like, super. He gets drunk one night because while she's with her boyfriend, they go to the party together. And one of his friends tries to kiss her. And then he fights the friend. And then he gets drunk and destroys things. And, like, tells him to put down the glass. And he drops it. And she cuts her hand on the glass. And then... Um, come to find out, like, towards the end of their relationship, he had said after she refused to kiss him on video to his other friends that he's gonna make her fall in love with him and then break her heart. But don't worry, don't worry, because that was before he got to know her. Uh, And then he, he, she breaks up with him, changes her major. She's now an English major. Oh, of course. Of course. Yes. Yeah, that's what happens. You know, when you yes. break up with someone, you change your major. She was an yeah. econ major, and now she's an English major. Uh, yes. How pathetic. Uh, <laughs> and now she's a... Uh, then her teacher gives her... Which I don't think a teacher's allowed to do this. Gives her Hardin's final report that's like a testament to how he now believes in love. 
Oh god. I'm sorry. All of the mics are I dead. I am so sorry for whoever has to edit this. And then <laughs> gives her the gives me? her the paper and then is like I think this was more for you than me. Which I'm sorry, but you couldn't have got a good grade for that, honestly, no. at that point. Is, is is this still the first book? I Yes. Okay. God. And then the end she goes to his she starts reading it and she goes to their little secret space where he thinks and the ending <laughs> is... He has, he has a brooding spot, obviously. Yeah, it's a lake. <laughs> oh, of course. And he sits down next to her, and the ending is literally her... Re- like, in his voice. He's doing a vo- voiceover of the reading of the paper. He's like, he once asked me who I love most in the world. It's you. And that's the end. So I just recapped the whole movie. You don't have to see it. Wow. Uh, uh, that's that's Tall Girl tier. I think Tall Girl's better than that. Actually. Um... So a lot of people were upset with this book and this movie. Wow, really? Whoa. I can't imagine why. <laughs> we could have honestly did a whole episode about after, to be honest. We yeah. might after the second one comes out. Um, that could be like an input to a Coven crossover. We could. Yes. <gasps> Do it. I think it comes out this year, too. Oh, this no. This school year. Oh, no. Stay tuned. That's oh, probably going to happen. No. <laughs> um, so, you know, there's this bad boy stereotype of this complicated guy who's he's emotionally detached. He doesn't date. He doesn't feel. And she's chasing after him and changing him. Obviously. Yes, yeah, because, yes. you know, at the end he falls in love. Mm. So a lot of people were angry at the author, because even in part of the actual book, one of the lines she says is Harden grabs her by the arm really rough, really roughly, and is like, uh, her thoughts, because I think it's in first person, is like, it felt like he was going to slap me. But, you know, it was brushed over, and the story moves on from there. So, is it, oh, so... The importance of after, so everyone's getting mad about this because they're like, <coughs> "This is toxic." Um, the author, who I believe her name is Anna Todd, um, in a deleted tweet, now deleted tweet, said something along the lines of, "To this backlash is I wrote a piece of fiction. I didn't write a relationship how-to guide." So. Is it her responsibility to portray a healthy relationship? I mean, I mean, if you're going to like glamour, if you're you're trying to make it like this is a positive thing that should be sought after, then like, yeah, it's your responsibility to not to make sure it's not toxic. Yeah. Well, I guess it would come down to like author intent, right? Mm-hmm. If she intended this relationship to be uh, toxic. And not like in a positive way, then I would say that she's fully within her right to make a toxic mm-hmm. relationship and portray it. But considering this is fan fiction, this is self insert. Hey, hey. <laughs> it was not originally fan fiction, or it was originally. It's no longer fan fiction. Yeah, but it started as self insert, uh, reader x Harry Styles <laughs> fan fiction. So that indicates that even once the story evolved beyond the fan fiction, that the author had some personal stake in portraying a relationship they see as ideal. Uh, Mm -hmm. So when you get on to the current version of After, 
and the relationship is incredibly toxic, the history of it sort of helps, you know, it's it's still bad. Yeah. It doesn't portray something healthy, and I don't believe that the author intended to, like, put this out as, like, a warning about toxic relationships. Mm -hmm. She just wanted to portray something she felt was an ideal relationship or Mm -hmm. something that she considered a good read. Yes. Some part of me wonders how Harry Styles feels about this. Some people have, like... So when this first started coming out and people found out it was a Harry Styles original fanfic, they actually started thinking this is how Harry Styles was. Yeah, well, he's underappreciated. Yeah. yeah. Know. And then he... And then so many people on Twitter were like, just, this is a fictionalized version. It's not Harry Styles. Yeah. I'm like, calm down. and It's okay. It's okay. Trust me, if he's that upset, he'll sue. Um... Oh. oh. He, so wrong. I guess I guess with after it's seeing where the other movies line up. I guess. Yeah. Because like if at the end they separate, she realizes it's bad, and they separate. Okay, that's pretty. Yeah. Nice. Well, and if they stay together and get a happily ever after, and he never changes his behavior. Yeah, and I, and I actually wanted to say this. I agree with the tweet she put out. Yeah. I actually agree with her in saying that it's, she's not reli- writing a relationship guide. Mm-hmm. It comes down to the reader to interpret that writing in however they see fit. And she clearly is intending to just show a relationship, mm-hmm. regardless of if she sees it's ideal or not. Yes. So if other people read it and they're like, aha, yes, this is an ideal relationship, then... That comes down to the person themselves, the re- the reader, not mm-hmm. the author. Uh, similarly to other pieces of media yes. that may have a negative effect on yes. people, it comes down to the person, not the media. So, knowing that, does that, so seeing how Harden and Tessa's relationship is, is it okay that she defends their relationship and says it's a good relationship? I mean, obviously, it's not a good relationship. Just like, I haven't read it, but just from your description, it sounds just like very problematic. Yeah. Yes. It. Yes. It is. Um, with his uh, bad boy, gotta change the bad boy. Yeah, I hate that trope so much. And that's a trope we see a lot. Yeah. Especially in young teen fiction. I grew up reading that and i i thought i was gonna meet like this bad boy and like change who he was and he was gonna love me it's gonna be fine that didn't happen yeah that's like what i hate about that trope yeah. because it like convinces girls that like oh if some guy's like being it being an to you 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 can totally change him even though like that's like not a relationship you should probably not be with him if he's just gonna act like that yeah because people people don't change like they do in media because yeah. you can't People take a lot longer to change than over <laughs> a 22-minute show, a 45-minute show, two-hour movie. Six movies. Six movies, you know, a full book series even. People take a lot longer to change yeah. than just in the short period of time it takes to consume something. Yes. So it's definitely unrealistic in that respect to just portray it that way. <laughs> And sometimes we see, especially when we're younger, relationships that we thought were grand. And then as we get older, we realize they're not so grand. Um, This happened with the next couple we're going to talk about. Everyone's favorite topic. This has come up a lot in media. 
that, you know, something that was basically worshipped for my middle school years. The relationship it centers around is not very grand. Time to talk about Twilight. Bring Ooh back boy. from the Ooh dead. Boy. Finally, I can put all that, <laughs> all those hours I spent reading Twilight to good use. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's come up in recent years that Edward and Bella's relationship is very toxic. It's not good. He's too overprotective. He sneaks into her room and watches her sleep, which is not a normal behavior no. for most people. Um, they're just someone who was like, you know, everyone's like, Team Edward, Team Jacob. Team Edward wasn't very good, but I'd also like to bring up the point as we discuss this that Bella's not very grand either to him, but, you know, mm-hmm. no one wants to blame Bella for anything, apparently. Um, so what are your guys' look at the Bella and Edward as a couple? They're both terrible people. And they <laughs> deserve each other, truly. No, uh, yeah, Twilight is interesting in the fact that it probably got more hate than it maybe deserved because, Possibly. uh, and this is the discourse that went around for a while and it, sometimes it circles back again that... <coughs> thing liked by girl is bad because girl bad and that's sort of just like (laughs) a very popular idea what happened with one direction twilight hunger games to a degree justin bieber justin bieber although he's a terrible person yeah but like when he like was first 16 when he was like making his early music sure it's it's fun to dunk on him but but like also just because girls like him does not mean you need to be mean. Let people enjoy things unless there's something truly wrong with it. Like, yeah. I'll always have a spot, soft spot. Like, is Twilight my go-to movie on a movie night? No. Have I made guys I've dated watch Twilight because I think it's funny? Yes. <laughs> um, but I, it'll always have a special place in my, like, heart. Like, it's not that bad. But the relationship as I've gotten older, I have seen the flaws. I mean... My favorite couple in Twilight was always Alice and Jasper, because I liked Alice. Um, but he is very overprotective. Um, he's just not... He's nice, and I think he does love her, would you guys say? Yeah. <coughs> I'm sorry if I can't contribute much to this conversation. You're I fine. have never consumed Twilight in my life. Yeah, no. Uh, You're fine. The... Their relationship is certainly not healthy, uh, but it's also, unlike most depictions mm-hmm. of a toxic relationship, this is a two-way street. Yes. Uh, which, you know, whether intentional or unintentional, Stephanie Meyer's genius for doing it. Yeah. Uh, we don't, we a lot of the times don't see a lot of two-sided toxic relationships. It's usually yeah. one-sided. Typically, you'll see it more with the males being the toxic side. Whereas this, I will argue, Bella has some toxic traits, too. Yeah. Uh, I'd say that that's pretty accurate. <coughs> oh, sorry. Excuse me. Uh, no, but Edward is emotionally abusive, but mm-hmm. so is Bella. Yeah. Uh, she has her own problems. She has her... She loves Edward to the point where it literally endangers her. Yes. Uh, and he's, like, Edward is a way to, like, help her yeah. or try and, like, prevent her from getting into more danger. He's like, you, I don't want you around me yeah. because I care about you. And she's like, how dare no. you? 
how dare you? I'll uh-huh. go through hell and back to be with you. Probably after the first movie slash book where the vampire tried to kill me, I would have been like, you know, this it, may not be the life for me after you, all. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. I think I think I'm good, right? Yeah, like, maybe I don't need a vampire BF. Yeah, like he he broke your leg. You were in the hospital. You woke up in the hospital, and then the next beginning of the next one, your brother tries to fight you too. I'd have been like, bye. I'm good now. Yeah, it, but, yeah, so she continues to pursue him, putting herself in danger, which, you know, forces <laughs> Edward to... He's overprotective, but that means he's still protective, so he has to go... He has to, enda- he has to endanger himself. His family. His family to keep that relationship going. And uh, she threatens to kill herself, of course, at, if, if they separate. And Edward, you know, he has to deal with all that. Yeah. But... And again, and yeah, again, Edward is also, he's overprotective. He doesn't allow her to be her own independent person. No. He doesn't want her to make, I, I'm losing my train of thought here, but the, 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 the baseline is, is that this, of all, to- of all, all the toxic relationships we've talked about so far, is surprisingly a little more balanced. It's balanced, and would you say it's maybe a more, <laughs> minus, you know, the vampire's aspect more realistic of how some toxic relationships work yeah i'd say it's a little more uh accurate Mm -hmm. to certain toxic relationships and not all of them of course because everything everyone is different different. and everyone has their own different experiences but it does have a good it does sum up things pretty nicely and it's you know it's twilight so it's not like grand it's not grand but I also think it more so shows, like, how someone can't s- – a lot of people, when they're in these relationships, can't see the toxic toxicity when they're in them. It's not till later on that they realize that they were bad and not good, but, like, kind of like how Twilight slowly aged. Like, yeah. It's like, oh – Wait, I'm not obsessed with this anymore. Let's look back on it. Yeah, and oh. as the readers uh, take themselves out of the self-insert fan fiction, yes. uh, <laughs> out of the self-insert romance novel, they start to realize, similar to Leah's, if it was a real relationship, that, hey, maybe there are some issues here. Yes. Which, yes. And I'd love to say that America's the only place that does this with romance. But no, it's, it's not, not, which is where our next stop, next thing we're moving on to. Just because there's so many, we kind of did a broad section for this. <laughs> um, Japanese anime. Yes, anime. Yes. Glorious Nihon. They tend to also have a lot of not-so-good relationships that are canon and that people love. And that you're like, um, I'm confused. Do you, can you guys think of any examples off the top of your head? Not, like, specific examples, but, like, certain, like, tropes for, like, the quote-unquote best girls, like, tsundere's, yandere's, all that kind of mm, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Any kind of relationship with those are probably not good. Yeah. And there are some people who, like, one of my friends is predictable and that he'll always go for the tsundere. <laughs> he'll always uh, say the tsundere is the best girl. And the, what does that say about him? I'm not <laughs> sure. But 
you know, it's and by coincidence, I guess not to say his name, of course, but he was in a toxic relationship Mm -hmm. for a long time. And, you know, I'm not going to say that because of his obsession with Sundere that he found himself in a toxic relationship and couldn't get out. But it happened. You know, that could be a part of it. It could be media kind of being impressed upon him. Yeah. That, you know, this is what he wants, but, you know, you see those pe- characters that you kind of like, or like, <gasps> like, I like this character, this, and this is how this character treats other people, so if I meet someone who treats me like this, like, I get that person, which isn't always a good thing. Um, One of the couples that kept coming up when I was researching toxic relationship anime couples was from Death Note. <laughs> oh, oh. A lot of people the labeled them the Joker and Harley Quinn of yes. anime. <laughs> um, which is, if uh. you have not watched, is Light. Yeah, Light yeah. and yeah. Misa? No. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. that's her name. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm, who literally he could care less about her. Um, even though, you know, she she's dedicated to who he is yeah. and she's like i will do anything she uh sacrificed half of her lifespan to get special eyes to help him in his mission i'm sorry i'm not giving half my life to anyone especially not light yagami master <laughs> manipulator yeah and, and potato chip lover <laughs> I take it that's from the live, live yes. adaption. Well, no, and the, from and the anime. Oh. And, and, and the dub. Yeah. You know. She likes potato chip. Interesting. Um, <laughs> but he kind of kept coming up as someone who just, people like ship them and people are like, eh, you know. They're a great yeah. couple. He's, he's the bad boy that like. Yeah. No. Needs to be changed and needs the right person. You're like, uh, no. yeah, that's not you, honey. That's not. That's not what you want. Light ain't gonna change this far. <laughs> he's, he's way in too deep. He's killed no. way too many people. To yeah, change. he's he he is uh, literally like he believes himself to be a literal god. Yes. So you, I don't know if you're gonna change him, yeah. sister. He's way too much of like a narcissistic. Like he has way too much of like a god complex to like e- for it to be even worth like pursuing. So, I will say Japanese is, or Japan and anime are a little bit more diverse with their types of toxic couples. <laughs> um, you see females that are very toxic to their male counterpart. You see same-sex relationships that are very, eh, that are very toxic. Um, so, I have recently watched Junjo Romantica, which, uh. They each have a nickname for, like, within their thing of what they're called. Um, and one of them is called Terrorist. Oh, no. Oh. Yes. Oof. And so, basically, this young boy who was 17 at the time, his sister used to be married to this guy. They got divorced. He shows up to the guy's house, and he's like, I fell in love with you. You have to take responsibility. This guy is also 17 years older than him. Um, he's like, I fell in love with you. You have to take responsibility for this, so I'm moving into your house. And he does that. And he's just like, I'm just going to live here. And he, they're just very much not a good couple. They're very 
they call each other, um, one calls the other names all the time. They're just very damaged individuals. I just could never get, like, when I watched this, when I was watching this, I literally skipped over their storyline several, I do that, because I'm like, I can't watch them. He literally showed up to his door, was like, you have to take responsibility, because I fell in love with you. Ah, yes, ah, of course, mm. that's how that works. And then he's like, I'm moving in, and he lets them move in. Ah, like, yes, of course. I'm like, yeah. you are 17 years older than this child. He's also in high school. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Thank like, you. Thank <laughs> you, anime. I'm like, anime, what you doing? You know, we see quite a few of these relationships that kind of get turned into. Yeah, and you, s you see a lot of uh, especially toxic people in dating sims. Uh, oh, yes. I, I Or games with dating elements. Uh, yeah. Off the top of my head, uh, for some reason... Uh, I decided Monica from Doki Doki Literature Club. She quite literally <laughs> destroys the <laughs> game. Yeah. She she manipulates people to kill themselves so that she can be with the main character. Do you get to choose someone else besides her? No, no just, Monica. just Monica. Just Monica. Just Monica. Just Monica. That's kind of sad. Yeah. At least the other ones, they will have like one nope. toxic person. Just Monica. At least one toxic, but there's at least one good one. Well, that's, that, that's part of the point of yes. Doki Doki yeah. Literature Club. Yeah. <laughs> of course. But also, on the other side, you have... Well, this may be more of a stretch. Uh, you, Narukami, from Persona 4. Like, in Persona 5, you can cheat on the girls and, you know, ignore them. And you get your comeuppance at Valentine's Day. Yeah. But y you, Narukami, <laughs> has convinced these girls that he loves them to the point where... All he gets is, like, really sad phone calls on Valentine's Day. <laughs> They're like, I don't know what's going on. I thought you loved me. I don't know if you do, and I'm uh, really scared. Please call back. And you just ignore them. And he ignores them. God. That's – people – that's yeah. not healthy. That's not good. Yeah, and, like, it's – and like, remember in Persona Three, where they like they force you into every gr girl you social link. So like, yes. just like very awkwardly, like if you wanted to complete the game, you have to cheat on people. Yes, very That's much. That's not good. That's a whole game set up to be toxic. Yeah. yeah, like Persona Three is great. It's my favorite game ever. But it's like that one element is like, bruh. Interesting. I also think about <coughs> it was originally a dating simulator turned into an anime called Diabolical Lover. <laughs> it's mm. it's about well oh, it no. starts off with six brothers. Oh no. They all have three different moms. The anime is a reverse harem anime. Mm. So that's kind of the only way I guess you could do it. But I didn't play the dating sim but I have watched the anime out of curiosity. And literally people, like, if you go on fandoms and forums and stuff, they love these these male characters, and they're like, they're great. Every episode, they abuse her in some way. Of they course. They force themselves yeah. upon her. They bite her without her consent. They, one of them, like, threw her bag on the roof. And there's, like, these, and, like, the excuse is they're damaged. All their, their dad is literally... Their dad wants to make a new race of beings. Of course. He's like the demon king, <coughs> and there there's different races of demons, and he they're the vampire line, and he oh, and then as you go on to the next sector of the game, there's four more brothers, 
who are adopted by that same dad, but they don't know they're related to the other six, or, like, that they're, they're confusing, but he wants to make an Autumn and Eve, make a new world, uh, or new race, but he basically tricked the mothers of his sons, who, there's three of them, they, out of six of them, like, there's three, three different moms, tricked them into almost not showing love to their children. Of course. And, like, one of them tries to kill one of them. She's the worst mom. She's the mother of the triplets. She tries to... She wants one of her sons to be the best, even though he's the third oldest, so he's not... It's her first son, but, like, she has two older brothers from the other mom, and she wants him to be the best and be the heir to the throne, but he can't. She tries to drown him because he can't swim. The other one she sleeps with, and then the other one she makes sing till her throat bleeds. And, like, but that's given their excuse for why they are, is their mothers didn't love them. Their dad showed them no attention. And they take it out on the main character. And people love these characters. There is fan fiction about these couples. And everyone kind of expects the anime that's only been two seasons. Everyone's kind of waiting for the third one. There's a title announced, but, like, no production's been known. They're expecting her to kind of, like, change all ten of these brothers to be better people. Even though they have no emotional... Like, they were basically taught not to have emotions. They don't have emotions. Thoughts? Uh, there's a lot to, like, process with that. You can't just drop thoughts there. I have so many thoughts. Okay. Yeah. And the Benadryl's kicking in, so that's not going to help. This anime was extremely popular when it first came out. It's been a couple years since it, the last season. Is this something that should be there? Like, these... The main character is very submissive. She does whatever they say. She doesn't have much of a personality. Her name's Yui, which literally means, like, it's just, like, supposed to be, like, your insert into the character while watching the anime. And (coughs) people love them, and it's, I don't know if these kind of things should be made. What do you think? Well. Well, like, first of all, let me just say that, like, I, like, completely hate, like, the trope. Like, I'm gonna be, like, I've always said, like, I hate X-trope, but, like, really, I hate the trope where, like, oh, this person was abused, so that gives them an excuse to also be abusive. Because, like, that that just paints abuse victims in, like, a very, like, negative picture, as if that gives them, like, as if, like, being, yeah, as if being abused gives them, like, a right to, like, be it to be a jerk or if or you're automatically a jerk gonna be a jerk if you if you were abused at one point i just think there should be like more media where it's like normalized where like being abused like if you were abused as like a child like like if the character was abused as a child they strive to be like a better person for the sake of themselves okay no i i mean they're free to create what art they want to that's the magic of of media (laughs) But you have to draw the line somewhere. You have to understand where good, t- where taste dies, and where you need to start like rating stuff in to make sure that it's balanced and fair. And Catherine made a great point about it's a very popular trope to have abusers be victims themselves. Mm-hmm. And sure, it that's 
happens in real life. It's a tragic cycle of abuse, but it's more, it creates a negative stereotype. Uh, and you want to see more, you, re- you don't often see the abuse victim, like, be, try to be, like, a better person to the people around them. Mm-hmm. You don't see them, like, sometimes you see it, but you don't often see them, like, actively make those changes and, you know, uh, spite their history yeah. and their past, they will deliberately be a good person, sometimes to their own detriment, right? Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, that's, that, that, that sounds like a mess of an anime. Yeah. It, it and the, uh, the most confusing part is the episodes are only like 15 minutes. Oh, of course. <laughs> so yeah. you're like, I've watched all of it just out of curiosity. And I'm like sitting here, I'm like, how is this so short? I'm so confused. And there's not much of like, there's a storyline towards the end of each one. But there's not, like the first seven episodes, six episodes is literally her first interactions with each of the brothers. That's it. And you're like. Well, one, this doesn't have a plot yet. And two, they're all jerks. Like, and she has had a few chances to, like, leave. Like, and she doesn't. She's been kidnapped twice. They're also very big on in that epi- on those shows of victim blaming. She uh. gets kidnapped by the other four brothers, the adopted four. And when she comes back to the original six... They all blame her for why she was there. And, uh, like, she was kidnapped in a garden, but okay, whatever. And I think that's a terrible thing to do. One, victim blaming is never a good thing. I feel like with how popular these characters have become and how much people, like, admire them, especially in dating sims in general always has that one character. It's usually one of the most, like, chosen characters. And it's the one who is not emotionally, like... Like who's the bad boy you want to change? Yeah. And you're like, and if you ever see the rankings, like a lot of the dating sims have the rankings of which characters use the most. Always in the top three at least. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And so, as we're winding down of our topics, um, we have to ask: Does Hollywood, and I guess not even just Hollywood, <coughs> media creators, have a duty? To at least tell people these are toxic relationships and these should not be followed. Yeah. I mean, they should be. The media should be held accountable to some degree, Mm -hmm. especially because it's such a popular trope. But I don't know. It's they can certainly do better at portraying these relationships and making it clear that this is not ideal. Mm -hmm. This is not normal. This is not natural. You should not expect this from a relationship. And because if you see it, start seeing it all the time, you start to believe this is what it's like. This is what, and also for some people it becomes because they, they get attached to these characters. It's, this is what I want. Yeah. This is, this is seen as the ideal. So there needs to be a better, there needs to be more effort made towards showing these relationships as toxic mm-hmm. or negative or mm-hmm. how they are rather than as like a fantasized, glamorized version of abuse mm-hmm. and gaslighting because that just leads to problems. That just creates more issues than we started with. Yeah. And yeah. It, it, is it the media's fault? 
Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. I think it's also a societal thing. I mean, a lot of things go back to society. Because <coughs> it's not on people that they make people these kind of relationships popular. It's also the media's fault. But we all, as consumers, we have... We have a choice of what we make popular, I guess. Yeah. And I, and in some cases, you don't realize things are bad until later on. Like Twilight. No one back then, well, okay, probably some people, but the majority of people watching Twilight back then never really thought of that. They were also, the demographic was very young. And that's my big thing, is like, paying attention to your demographic. If you're showing these toxic relationships to... 10 to 13 year olds and that's your biggest demographic that might be a big problem yeah especially because like young because like i know like young like young girls are like especially like really impressionable yeah and they'll like see see something uh, see something like romanticized and be like hey i want that yes and so i just like older people i mean you guys can disagree with this because it's not always true yeah um older people like, our age and older can somewhat more so tell yeah. that yeah. something's not good and it's not supposed to be good versus, like, yeah. my 10-year-old sister. The Zoomers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, older generation, like, 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 older, like, teenagers and adults tend to have, like, that's when they tend to, like, develop their, like, critical thinking skills a little more and that's when they can, like, do a better job at, like, analyzing media and deciding, like, mm-hmm. what's problematic and what's not. Yeah, and I, and I mean, it's just I just thought of this, but the whole, you know, the whole boomer boomer humor of life bad, that you you know jokes about oh I I I'm you're you know you're you're happy until you're married and then you're yeah. not happy anymore. Oh God, that. So that that those kind of jokes that also leads into it. So the yes. older generations are as not, hel- held as much accountable. Yeah, yeah. As as with most things, boomers are the problem. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, so what can the media do to improve? I think, like, I think we should, like, for media, I think they should try, like, normalizing, like, more healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. Like, try and, like, portray, like, not everything has to be, like, oh, this girl is, like, pining for a bad boy. It has to maybe just try, like, actually, like, developing them, make Mm -hmm. make them actually have chemistry with each other. And if you are going to portray a toxic relationship, make sure it's something that, like, is portrayed as bad. Yes. Tanner? I'm sorry, I spaced. (laughs) What do you think media can do to help improve or get better at this topic? (sighs) It's a process. (laughs) Just do your homework. Do your research and figure out how to... portray things properly and accurately like it's okay if you want to portray a toxic relationship just make it very clear it's not a good thing make it even clear to younger people yeah and i think like especially people have like a problems like depict like they'll try and like look at things that are like like not even just like relationships just like toxic people in general like i know this is a problem with like the rick and morty fandom where they'll where they'll like look at rick as like this (laughs) 
is like this go- genius god, even though like the show clearly portrays yeah, him as like an awful person. He's not supposed to be like looked up to. Yeah, he's yeah. not. He's not a role model. No. Yeah. Rick isn't a role model. Reddit. But, Reddit. But like, it's also not a stop telling toxic relationship stories because it is something that's real. Yeah. People do get into toxic relationships. They happen. But don't make them glamorized. Don't make them look like, oh, at the end he changes his ways. Because I, I to me, that's in, almost encouraging people to stay in those relationships. Because they're like, oh, well, maybe one day, one day maybe he'll be like Harden Scott. And then. <laughs> oh, thank you, Harden Scott. Yeah. I mean, and he's not the. He's not the first, like, bad boy turned good at the end of a movie. Definitely not. But he's just the most recent example I can think of. I'm really curious to see where those other where those other four books go. Um, <laughs> if he does his full character, like, turn in the first well, book, how do, wh- where do you go from there, right? Fun fact, um, there's no information. So I haven't read the books, so I don't know what the character Trevor is. But there was a new character introduced in the new movie named Trevor, and he's played by Dylan Sprouse. Yes, the sweet finally life, yeah, the sweet life of Zach uh, and Cody reunion we've needed. Finally, they're back. <laughs> That's um, what I wanted. And so I don't know. I feel like a love triangle is on the horizon with that one. Look, uh, which could Dylan be. Sprouse's best boy. Yeah. So regardless of what the situation is, sorry Harden, but I'm gonna have to go with my boy, my homie. And so, any final thoughts? Media, please just think. Do the bare minimum. I always ask for you to do the bare minimum, and you never do that. That No, you're below the bare minimum. You, very often you go to what's safe and what you know, regardless of how harmful it is. So just try... Like, I'm not expecting a young girl writing fan fiction to try. I'm expecting major media corporations to try. That's just how I see it. Mm-hmm. Just do your best. Yeah. I mean, pretty much, like, the same thing there. Like, just, like, do your research and make sure you're not, like, perpetuating something bad. And it's also, like, on so- also like on society to, like, keep a critical eye and look for, like, signs of a toxic relationship like re- realize that this isn't something we should be making popular mm-hmm. i think it's also important that we almost that we as consumers also continue to point out that some of these relationships are not yeah good would you guys agree with that definitely yeah because if we don't talk about them if we just kind of brush them under the rug like oh it's Twilight. It's not important. No one cares anymore. Young people still watch Twilight, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure people still read the books. Someone it's, out it's, there. It's still important that people know that they aren't positive. And start showing and start putting good couples in the limelight instead. Yeah. Like, oh, well, in this book, this, this couple's horrible, but... Also in the same fandom, this couple is really cool and really good. And I feel like that doesn't get a lot of attention all the time. Yeah. 
Alright, so this has been another episode of The Coven. Um, I am your host, Ashley, the Warrior Witch, and joining me today was... Tanner Kinney, the Fraudulent Wizard. Kevin Simone, also a witch. (laughs) (laughs) And be sure to check us out on ByteBSG.com. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Instagram, pretty much everywhere. Um... And check us out next week to see what's bubbling in the cauldron. Have a magical day. Bye.